the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. And now we're going to begin a study in Romans chapter 1 titled To Reveal. You know, there are many things that are revealed today. You know, the word reveal means to make known that which was previously unknown. It's to cause us to see what we didn't see or understand. And that's what God has done for each and every person here on planet Earth. God reveals himself and he does it every single day. All seven and a half billion people get to witness the sun rise every day. They get to see the sun set every day. Everyone should be asking themselves, well, who made the sun? I mean, where did all of this come from that's around us that we're surrounded with? And where did our planet come from? Where did all these animals come from, the vegetation? And where in the world did I come from? These are questions that this non-believing world should be asking. Yes, we should all be asking those things. For either it all just happened on its own, you know, through a series of random acts, just happened to pull themselves all together through some evolutionary process and somehow total complete complexity came about through all of these millions of years of evolving. Or there was a divine creator behind this amazing, breathtaking creation that we're part of. Now, I, for one, am impressed with what man can build. Man can do some pretty cool things from the things that we've mined out of the ground, ore that makes steel, sand that makes glass. Yes, man has built some pretty impressive things like uh, we pour concrete and steel and we construct things like one of the largest buildings in the western United States is built right here in downtown Los Angeles. It's called the Wilshire Grand. And it's recorded that it took the longest and largest continuous concrete pour ever where 82 million pounds of concrete were poured in an 18-hour period. You know, it's finished height of this building is somewhere around 1,100 feet. But that's not the tallest building in the world. The tallest building in the world is over double that. In fact, it's almost triple that. It's 2,722 feet. And that building took some 1,750,000,000 pounds of concrete to build. But all of that pales in the sight of God's creation. And why is that? Because God is God and he just created everything that's seen and unseen. Yet many don't 
believe in God in our culture today. Uh, a new study just came out like a week and a half ago that says that the United States is at its lowest point ever in people that believe in God, meaning there's a higher percentage of people now that don't believe in God than ever in the history of our country. But what about those people? Well, that's why God addressed those who do not believe. And maybe you have people like, I don't know, how do you believe in God? I, don't, I can't see him. So how do you respond to that kind of a question from someone? I just had that with some family members recently. I don't believe in God. Really? Okay. In Romans 1, tonight we're going to consider three points in light of our title to reveal. Number one, God's glory revealed. Number two, God's glory rejected. So God reveals his glory, but then we see God's glory rejected by so many people. And then number three, God's glory denied. So let's look at our first point here, God's glory revealed. How does God reveal himself to humanity? So when someone says, I don't believe in God, have you ever seen God? Have you ever seen God? Have you met him? I mean, how do we know he's real? This is how God reveals himself. So let's read here together, picking up in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. And it says, for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness and men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which we have known about God is evident within them. For God has made it evident to them. Now, how does God have made himself evident to us? Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his, God's invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen. How have we seen this of God? Being understood through what he has made so that they, who, the people that don't believe in God, are without excuse. Like, how do you think all of this got here? How in the world is the world orbiting the sun in an orbit that's 520 million miles long. How does that happen? Like, how, do, how, does all the, how does the sun come up every day? Well, it doesn't really come up. We rotate around the sun. But I mean, how do the seasons happen faithfully every single year? It never misses summer, fall, you know, winter, you know. And, but the point is, it's like, how does that happen? Like, how does a tree go into fall and all the leaves fall off and it goes into a dormant stage and it looks dead? Then you go through winter and then how come in spring it's sprouts new life again it comes back like how does that happen like god is saying when you look at the majesty of the world when you looked at the fact that an orange that you can pull off a tree and pull a seed out and in that seed has the capacity of going into the ground and growing another orange tree that will produce thousands of oranges every single year for another 50 years like does anyone like how does that happen? See, so what God is saying is, look, when you look at all of these things, a hummingbird that flies upside down and backwards, how does that happen? God created it. The very creation itself points to the glory of God. It's like it couldn't have happened just on its own. It could not have happened on its own. So he says in verse one, for even though they knew God, 
even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But their very speculations in their foolish heart was darkened. See, they professed to be wise. This is science now saying that this is how everything happened. How did you come into being? Well, you, you came through an evolutionary process that turned into a monkey, that turned into Cro-Magnon man, Neanderthal man, and a bing wall bang modern man ourselves here. He's like, professing to be wise, you became a fool because you exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of a corruptible man or a bird or a four-footed animal and crawling creatures. So when people have made images to worship, you know, whether it be a rock or an image or whatever, it's like, it's like you exchange the glory of what I've done for just something that's just so foolish. But notice in verse 17, the righteousness of God is mentioned, you know, and referred to almost 50 times in the book of Romans, which means to be put in right relations with God. So to be in the righteousness of God, we're put in right relations with God. So we've been made right with God. By how? By Jesus and his sacrificial death on the cross, dying for your sin and my sin. He died in our place. This revealed to us by faith, as we're told, the righteous man or the righteous woman now is going to live by faith. We're going to believe what God has told us. We're going to believe exactly what he says, that he created these things. And we're going to do it by faith. But, you know, what is faith really? Well, faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior is is a belief in a trust exactly of what he did. When Martin Luther, the Protestant reformer who lived back in the 1500s was completely overwhelmed with his own guilt and his own shame and his own condemnation. I think we've all had moments like that, have we not? I know I have, where you think like, man, is there any hope for me? I've sinned, I've done things that are wrong. I've faced the guilt and the shame of what I've done wrong. And it's like, how in the world could I ever move forward in my life? And we wonder if, you know, if anyone could ever be good enough for God to really love. And that's exactly what Martin Luther came to the point. He says, how could God really love me when he sees me as I really am? How can it even happen? He realized that there were only, you know, it's like I could only just be condemned before God if I just think about it in my own mind. But those that reject the gift of God's salvation, yes, they will be condemned. But for those that don't reject the gift of salvation, we will be saved because Jesus died for our sins. Yet when we receive Christ, that's when everything changes by faith. And we can turn from our sin. It results in us being made now righteous in God's eyes, even though we know we're not righteous, but yet he makes us righteous, being in total right standings with God, as God's free gift is given to us freely. But yes, we must receive it by faith. I have to just trust. Like even though I know that I personally am not fully righteous, I have to embrace by faith his righteousness that he gives me. And therefore, I am made right with God. Yes, the righteous, the Bible says, shall live by faith. Faith is defined as having a complete trust and a reliance on. And in this case... That's a reliance and a confidence in what God has said in his word and what he's done for us by dying on the cross for our our sin. 
Now, faith is further defined in the Bible, since the Bible is the best commentary on the Bible. It further defines faith in Hebrews 11.1. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Like, I'm going to accept this, even though I may not fully understand it, I'm going to grasp onto it and accept it simply because God said it. Faith is an active substance. It believes what you can't necessarily see. So if I say, you're made righteous before God, you think, well, I'm not really righteous. You didn't see what I did like yesterday or this morning. Well, okay, I believe you. You don't have to share it with me, but I believe you. But by faith, you know, God says that we are made righteous now and that we can stand pure and holy before him because of what he has done for us. So again, it's a conviction, it's a confidence of knowing of what our great God did for us. And, you know, uh, we should rest in what is written in God's word. We can rest in that by faith. It's what God has said. It's what he has recorded for us. And therefore, we must embrace it. That's why the Bible says in Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Because if not, then how would you not think about things you've done in the past and let them come and recondemn you all over again? But we know that when we come to Christ and we confess our sin before him, he forgives us. So therefore, I can move forward now with no condemnation because I know God has forgiven me. Why? Because he said, if I ask for it, I will receive it. Yes, we should always be living by every single precept and every single word that God has recorded for us. This is why when King David was passing his kingdom onto his son Solomon, he told him in 1 Kings 2.3, he says, Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, to keep his commandments, to keep his ordinances and his testimonies according to what it is written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn. So he's like, hey, son, let me tell you, you're going to take over after me? That's great. How overwhelmed do you think Solomon was taking the kingdom over from his dad, King David? I mean, King David is the legend of all legends. He's still a legend today. He was the giant slayer. He was the greatest king that Israel ever had, of course, outside of Christ, but human king that was born here of a man and woman. He was the greatest king. And now you're going to take over for your dad that was the man. And yet here is his dad telling him, here's the secret, son. You want to know the secret? You better walk your life according to God's commandments, his ordinances, his statutes, his testimonies. Do what you know is right before the Lord. Then he went on to say in 1 Chronicles 28, 9, he says, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and he understands every intent of your thoughts. If you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you reject him, he will reject you forever. I love what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. If we seek after him, we'll find him. If we ask, we'll receive. If we knock, it'll be open for us. Yes, we all have to approach God by faith. 
And remember, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness, again, to be in right standings with God. And for those who have not believed, God speaks truth to them also in the next few verses. As he starts off saying in verse 18, the wrath of God, the wrath of God. Wow, that doesn't seem like a real word of comfort there and encouragement. And before we define this terminology, I would like to point out a couple verses from the Bible, you know, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament that really surmise the attitude that God has towards the sinner. It's important for us to know exactly how God feels about every single person, no matter whether they're walking with him or not, for God's feelings never change. He always is the same. So if you go back to Ezekiel, written some 700 years before Christ was born, in Ezekiel 33, 11, God speaking through Ezekiel says, Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked would turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. You would think that God would just get a kick out of it. Like, yes, I can't wait for you, Mr. Stinky Slackjaw, that's just a wicked person. I can't wait for you to die because when I get my hands on you, I'm going to tear you to pieces. See, I think we think like that because people that cause us misery in our lives, what are we thinking? Would you stand before my God? He is just, you're going to be doing the hot rock dance in hell. And I mean, I think we think that at times, at least I've thought that before. But it's like God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I want every single person to repent. Now, we know that that's not going to happen. And we know that the majority of people are not going to repent. But God, see, his attitude is like, I want you to repent. I don't want to have to judge you. And then we're told in the New Testament, in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's patient towards you, not wishing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. You might say, well, why hasn't the Lord come back yet? Look what's happening in our world. We're getting overrun with sin. Everything's going on around us, and crime, and everything is out of control. When's the Lord going to come back? Well, maybe not for a while. Because he wants every single person to repent. He keeps giving people chance and chance and chance again. Because once the apocalypse starts, once we get into the seven-year tribulation period, it's going to be a whole different world than what we're living in right now. It's going to get, you think it can't get any worse. Oh, it's going to be a million times worse. So God is waiting. He's hesitating before he takes the the church out in the rapture because that's going to trigger the tribulation period. And the tribulation period is going to be filled with much tribulation. But it's an interesting to point out here that the Bible talks more about the wrath of God than it does about spending eternity in heaven with him. It would seem that the reason that God does this is because he loves us so much that he continually warns us of our future plight and the judgment that's coming for those that reject his love and choose to live in sin. 
But why is it so many churches don't talk about the wrath of God anymore? Why so many churches don't talk about what real sin is? Why are so many churches becoming inclusive and just opening the doors and, oh, we just have to be open to everybody. Let's all join together and all sing Kumbaya together. Why is that? Because the Bible doesn't teach it like that. Yes, there's a future judgment that's coming. Understand, man was never supposed to be separated from God and spend eternity in a place called hell. That's why Jesus came. Galatians 1.4 says, The Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us out of this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. Yes, our sin, if we don't repent, though, will separate us from God because all have sinned. The Bible says in James 4, 17, therefore, to the one who knows to do the right thing and you do not do it, to him it's sin. So if you're doing something, you know it's wrong, it's, that's sin. That's why God starts in verse 18 with wrath. Wrath in the Greek language means a violent passion that's justified. And verse 18 goes on to say that God has indignation and anger against the unrighteous deeds of men. So God hates sin. He loves the sinner, but he hates sin. And if that sinner does not repent, then they will face the wrath of God, which is a justified, violent passion towards them if they don't repent of their sin. So who does he really have this anger against? Those who suppress the truth. What does that mean, suppress the truth? Well, first of all, we have to define truth. Truth in God's holy word is what? It's his word. As Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them, set them apart. Your people set us apart in the truth. Thy word is truth. And what do, you know, what do those who incur the wrath of God, again, what have they done? They have suppressed truth. Suppress means to keep down by force. Like we are going to hide the truth. We are purposely not going to teach the truth. We are going to abolish it by authority, meaning we're going to rule out anyone who speaks of truth. We want to keep it from appearing. We want to keep truth from being known. We want to keep truth from being published. See, our great country is guilty of all of these the fake news, everything, getting the Bible out of schools, you know, causing anyone who's a Christian to look like a quack on TV and what have you. It's like, we are guilty of all these. For the United States of America has suppressed the Bible from our schools. It has suppressed the truth from our courtrooms. It has suppressed all of scripture from being uh, Uh, out and about in our present culture, just in media and what have you. Our nation, which was founded on the word of God, has turned its back on God himself. That's why we established in our courts now, and our courts have ruled, you can no longer post the Ten Commandments on the walls of a courtroom. 
It used to be every courtroom had a copy of the Ten Commandments on the courtroom, but no longer, not in our country. It's now unconstitutional. What would Thomas Jefferson, the author of the Declaration of Independence, which was signed on July 4, 1776, which he said, quote, a people are endowed by their creator. What would he say to all of this that's happening today? Well, Thomas Jefferson, he said this, which is engraved on his memorial there at the Tidal Basin in Washington, D.C., right off of 14th Street. It says this carved on the wall, quote, God who gave us life gave us liberty. Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed the conviction that these liberties are a gift of God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. Yes. And for the person who doesn't believe, to the person who says, I, I have to see God to believe him. God says in verse 20, well, my eternal power is seen by what I have made. Go outside and look around. Look at a tree, look at a bird, look at a cow, and you will see the glory of God revealed. That's all the time we have for this message. Join us next time for part two. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Court Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Court Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Court Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at courtchurchla.org. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.